Good evening. This is Justin Ford in the studio for Africa Christian Action Salt and Light on Radio Tigerberg. Tonight we are discussing what are you searching for? Dr. Hammond, we're entering the season when shops and shopping centers are bedecked with Christmas baubles. Yes, the impressive large Christmas trees um, and um, set up in many shopping malls. Um, surely we've all noticed the beautifully wrapped presents piled up under most of the trees. You will see many children's eyes wide as they look at these bright, shiny, shimmering presents, often with attractive ribbons around them. And over the years, when my children were very young, each of them asked, what's in those boxes? And the answer is, absolutely nothing. They're beautifully wrapped, yes, they're attractively presented, definitely, but the presents under these Christmas trees in the shopping malls are all empty. And this gives us quite a good example that we can speak about to friends and family, particularly children. The world offers us so much, but at the end it turns out to be empty. The world, the flesh, and the devil promise you everything you could possibly desire. If only you will buy their product or their service. You've promised all the fun and fame and fortune you could possibly desire. All the power, popularity, prestige, and possessions your heart could desire. But like those alluring, attractive-looking presents under the Christmas trees in the mall, the promise of the world turned out to be disappointingly empty. Not just shallow, empty. For those who pursue materialism, they will find merry-go-rounds that will get them nowhere. Mazes that will get them lost and dead-end streets that will frustrate their desires. Hedonism, that's a love and worship of pleasure. And existentialism, which is just living for the moment, me, myself, and I, my personal experience now. Existentialism, it all proves to be short-sighted, meaningless, empty, purposeless. You came from nothing, you're going nowhere, life is meaningless. What are you searching for? What is the purpose of your life? What is in the boxes that you've been obtaining from the world? And we should remind ourselves and others that uh, we should not waste our life on the empty boxes of the world, the time-wasting treadmills of trends, fashions, fads. They're ultimately frustrating. Do not settle for less than God's very best. God gives the best to those who leave the choice to him. Jeremiah 29.30 says, And you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. So we should take this time of the year to ask, what are you seeking for in life? Not just asking others, but ask ourselves too, what is your ultimate purpose? What's my ultimate purpose? It should be to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Christmas should remind us of the danger of missing out on what is most important. Because we read in the Bible, there was no room for them in the inn. Isn't that tragic to think that on that great day, <laughs> they missed out on the most important person ever born? Yes, it seems that not only modern people uh, are blinded to the import of Christmas, but uh, so were the people in Christ's day. Yes, how must all those innkeepers of Bethlehem feel? They turned away the greatest man ever to be born. There was no room for Emmanuel. There's no room for God with us. They could not accommodate the Creator, the eternal judge, before whom we will all have to stand on Day of Judgment. They missed out on the opportunity of their lifetime. They could have welcomed the Holy Family, but they missed out. Our Lord Jesus Christ was born in a stable in a cave amongst farm animals. Wise men traveled great distances in order to worship the King of Kings. The shepherds on the hillside came and they worshiped. But where was the mayor of Bethlehem? 
There's no indication that any of the elders or leading citizens of Bethlehem acknowledged the greatest event ever to occur in Bethlehem before or since. They missed out on the greatest opportunity and greatest event ever. Where was the high priest? Where was King Herod? It's extraordinary to note that the entire priesthood of Israel, all the thousands employed at the temple, they all missed the birth of the Messiah. There wasn't a single priest there. <laughs> My priest went there. The Levites went there. The choir wasn't there. You know, he came unto his own, and his own received him not, we read. John 1 verse 11. He came to his own, and his own did not welcome him. There was no room for him. At his birth, there was no room for Jesus in any of the homes or inns of Bethlehem. Well, today there doesn't seem to be room for Jesus at the UN. Nor is there space for Jesus in most of the Xmas cards, uh, isn't it amazing how many Christmas cards you could have or Xmas cards that don't even mention Christ? I mean, do they remember whose birthday this is? In most of the schools, in most of the music, Jesus is not mentioned. Praise God for those schools where he is honored and for those teachers and principals who have the courage to make a stand for Christ and don't just say happy holidays and best of the season or some meaningless thing like that, but can actually say uh, happy Christmas. And remember the, the stir that Donald Trump created when he brought back happy Christmas and Christmas trees in the White House and sending out Christmas cards and, and uh, you know, how exciting after all the Obama cancel culture, uh, what a absolute um, ripple, um, not just ripple, but earthquake that made. So even nativity scenes are discouraged and banned even in many cities around the world. So I think at this time of the year, we should remember that when he was born, there was no room for an inn. Is there room in your heart for Jesus? Why do we give gifts on Christmas? Well, indeed, that is a very good question because uh, uh, you would say uh, Christmas is the, reason, is the season for giving, but why do we give gifts and receive gifts at Christmas time? It's not our birthday. And I think we've got to remind our children too and grandchildren that um, you know, when they're, oh, you know, Christmas is all about gifts. But why do we give gifts at Christmas? I mean, it's not your birthday. Why do you get the gifts? Surely you should be giving gifts. And, uh, you know, it's good to get children to think about this. Good to get the adults to think about this. The answer is we give gifts at Christmas time to honor the greatest gift ever given. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Freely, freely you have received. Freely, freely give. We must give. It's far more blessed to give than to actually receive. Yet we still have many people who have not grasped the most basic truth of Christmas to many Christmas is the season for getting, not giving. Many have their hands out asking, where's my Christmas? Where's my Christmas box? What do you have for me? Give me, give me, give me. Complete strangers seem to have no shame in demanding some gift for themselves on Christmas Day or in Christmas week or in the month leading up to Christmas. I've even had people already. I mean, goodness me. You know, we're quite a distance from Christmas. And they were asking me even November, you know, where's my Christmas? Like, um... Haven't you got a calendar? Uh, <laughs> we're a long way from Christmas. We need to remind people whose birthday we are actually celebrating. And the the first Christmas gifts uh, that were given were given by wise men from the East, and they traveled great distances across difficult, dangerous terrain in order to worship the greatest person ever born. And they presented extraordinary gifts. Gold, myrrh, frankincense. Why gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Well, gold for the king of kings, frankincense, for the high priest above all priests, myrrh, for the sacrifice that would end the need for any other blood sacrifices. And these men from the East were wise. They recognized when the Messiah would be born. They discovered where he would be born. And as they came from Babylon and Persia, where Daniel had served, there was no doubt 
that they were aware of the prophecies made by Daniel, which clearly identified when the Messiah would be born. And their gifts were most appropriate. Gold for the king of kings, frankincense for the high priest of all priests, and myrrh for the sacrifice that would end the need for any other sacrifices. And they recognized that this is not merely an heir to the throne, a prince being born. Where is he who's been born king? I mean, when have you ever heard of someone being born king? A person can be born a prince maybe or a princess, but how can you be born a king? They recognized that gold was most appropriate for the king of kings. Frankincense is symbolic of praise and worship. And so in presenting frankincense, they were recognized the Messiah would be the high priest above all priests. And myrrh was an ointment used for burials. And Jesus Christ was coming as the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. How are these uh, gifts um, represented in modern Christmas celebrations, gold, myrrh, and frankincense? Yes. Well, um, I mean, these these are so important that, that we realize that, you know, many people are very happy with this babe in the manger business, but um, they're a lot more uncomfortable when it, it comes to uh, considering the high priesthood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, and that he's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And so this sort of helps one to understand the other symbols associated with Christmas because um, you think of the crib and the cross and the crown. Well, at Christmas, remember the crib, but we also need to look beyond the crib to the cross. The wood of the crib should remind us of the wood of the cross on which our Lord would die, a willing sacrifice for our sins, for your sins and for mine. But the wise men look beyond the wood of the crib and the wood of the cross to the gold of the crown. For we no longer worship a babe in a manger. We do not even worship a suffering Savior on the cross, but we serve and worship a risen, ascended Redeemer, reigning on high, who will return as judge, who will judge the living and the dead, King of kings and Lord of lords. The crib, the cross and the crown, the crib reminds us of the incarnation. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. The crown, I should say the cross, reminds us of why Jesus came. He lived the perfect life. He, he lived the life that we should have lived. He died the death that we deserve to die. So the crown points to the return of the King of Kings and the eternal judge. The first time Jesus came as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. But the next time he comes, he will not come as the Lamb. He will come as the Lion, the Lion of Judah to conquer and to judge King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, for those who exchange gifts on Christmas, when should they exchange gifts? On Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Well, in my family, it's Christmas Eve. And uh, the reason for this uh, is uh, that a biblical day begins at sunset. So God's day begins in darkness and ends in light. Uh, today, with our electricity and clocks, we calculate days from midnight to midnight. But man's day begins in darkness and ends in darkness. So um, biblically, the day began. So, for example, Saturday would have begun at, as the sun set on Friday, uh, the end of Friday. You'd have that would be the beginning of, of Saturday. Would actually be from the Friday night into Saturday, and then um, Saturday. Uh, then you'd, you'd have Sunday would begin on what we call s Saturday night, going into Sunday, and so on. So, a biblical day begins um, actually at sunset, and uh, uh, that's why. Uh, Christmas Day, the 25th of December, biblically begins as the sun sets on Christmas Eve, the 24th of December. So for this reason, many families, especially those from Germanic and Nordic ancestry, celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. And in fact, it's a lovely tradition. Uh, my wife said in Austria uh, that as the sun was setting, they'd go to church. 
and they'd, they'd have the Christmas Eve service. Then they'd come home and they'd open presents. And it, it, so the Christmas Eve service, they would ha- always have a Christmas Eve service and Christmas Day they, they were their family. When English tradition, we tend to um, go to church on Christmas Day. Well, I hope people are going to go to church on Christmas Day. This lockdown lethargy has wrecked things quite a bit. Um, I hope people don't try to sort of zoom in and just do it remotely. Uh, nothing to beat actually being in church with God's people, and especially on Christmas Day to to worship the Lord. Uh, and what a testimony that is to our neighbors to the greatest birthday worldwide. Uh, but yes, so um, in many families, uh, Christmas Eve is when we actually begin to celebrate Christmas and uh, when uh, we actually uh, exchange gifts and so on. And then Christmas Day tends to be more for inviting um friends and family around for Sunday lunch after uh, worship in church on Sunday on the Christmas Day morning, which this year, of course, is on a Sunday. Talking about gifts, what does the Bible tell us about giving and gifts in relation to Christ? Yes. So, well, first of all, just think of some of the great examples in the Gospels. There's the boy who gave Jesus lunch. Uh, Andrew brought a little boy to Jesus, and a little boy gave Jesus lunch, five loaves and two fish. And with that little boy's lunch, the Lord Jesus fed thousands with the food he multiplied. So Jesus can do a lot with a little. And the Lord points out that the widow gave more than all the rest. The widow's might might have looked very small, the smallest coin possible. It was small in the eyes of those around. But the Lord, knowing how little she had, recognized that she had actually given everything she could. And then there's the expensive perfume. Mary gave Christ the gift of expensive perfume effectively anointing of a burial. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. And that was a gift which Jesus said would be recounted everywhere the gospel would be told. And then you get Zacchaeus, the tax collector, who hosted Jesus and honored him by making restitution and donating much of his riches to the poor. So, um, those are just some examples of gifts given to Christ in the Bible. Yeah, seeing as we're celebrating Jesus' birthday on Christmas, what is the best gift that we can give him? Yes, well, what gift can you give him? What gift will you give him? As we remember whose birthday this is at Christmas, we should ask, what gift will you give the one whose birthday we're celebrating? What can you give to the Lord Jesus Christ? What gifts would be appropriate? the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator, the Eternal Judge, our Savior and our Redeemer. Well, I think first of all, we can give him our attention. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. What can you give the Lord Jesus? You can give him your attention. You can study his word. You can read the Bible. You can learn his law. You can get to know the word of God and get to know the God of the word. Meditate on his word, the Bible. Determine to put first things first. The Bible before breakfast. How about that? Scripture before supper. Psalm before lunch. Read through the whole Bible this year. That'll only take 10 to 12 minutes a day, maybe, to read four chapters of the Bible each day. There are 1,187 chapters in the Bible. And if you read just four chapters a day, you'll be able to read through the entire Bible in one year. I mean, wouldn't that be great? How can you know his will unless you study his word? And we should give him the sacrifice of obedience. To obey is better than sacrifice, we read. Determined to obey God, dedicate your life to obeying the cultural mandate of Genesis 1 verse 28, to care for God's creation, to improve God's creation, plant trees, cultivate gardens, adopt animals, care for the environment, recognize that all animals belong to God. 
the Bible says that all the animals of all the for, all the animals in the forest are his. The birds belong to God. All the uh, cattle in a thousand hills belong to God. Treat animals with the care and the diligence of those who must give an account to the Creator and the Eternal Judge. Be kind to God's animals. Ensure that animals have access to fresh, clean water and good, healthy food. Do not waste food. Think of your pets. Think of the wild birds. Think of other animals who can benefit. Don't just throw the crumbs and uh, moldy bread into the dustbin. I mean, sprinkle it on the lawn. The birds will benefit and the insects will benefit. Uh, don't litter. Recycle. Be thoughtful. Be considerate. Obey the Great Commission. In fact, make Christ's Great Commission your supreme ambition. Dedicate your life to making disciples, teaching obedience to all things the Lord has commanded you. Introduce others to Christ. Witness to Christ. Uh, be alert to evangelistic opportunities. Give Christ your love, your devotion, your worship, your adoration. Give him your heart and your mind and your hands and your feet. Head, heart, and hands. Devote your time, your talents, and your treasures to Christ in his kingdom. Uh, use your time and your initiative, your energy, your creativity to advance the kingdom of God. Be wholehearted and persevere to the end. There's so much that we can do. I mean, have you offered to teach in Sunday school? Have you... Um, uh, offered your time and abilities to a local mission or ministry to help with anything that may be in your realm, whether it's with its artistry, uh, with its organizational skills, with its handyman skills. There's so many things we could do to help the church, ministries and missions and areas, charities, animal rescues. Does Jesus have all of you that there is to have? Jesus said that the widow gave all that she had. Well, what have you given to God? Have you made promises to God that you've gone back on? Have you made commitments that you've not honored? Jesus said, leave your gift at the altar and first go and be reconciled with your strange brother. This is hard, but um, we've all got relationships that have in one way or another been damaged. And maybe you can't meet them. Maybe you can make a phone call or write a letter. Forgive. Ask for his or her forgiveness. Do restitution. I mean, if there are things that we borrowed and didn't return, return it. If things that we broke and didn't replace it, replace it. Do restitution. These all would be acceptable gifts and sacrifice of praise to present to the Lord our Savior, Jesus Christ, on his birthday. So let's try and resolve to make this our best Christmas ever. Uh, Jesus is the reason for the season. Wise men seek Christ. Give Christ your time, your talents, and your treasure. Give him your head, your hands, and your heart, your feet and lips and life as well. Give him your worship, obedience, sacrifice, attention, and adoration. To obey is better than sacrifice. Do restitution. Be reconciled to your friends and family. Be generous. Be grateful. This is a good time of the year to think of all the things we've got to be thankful for, uh, to think of the people that we can help and take gifts to and be generous to. Let's recognize the many evangelistic opportunities around us. Um, carry some Christian literature, uh, stock up with literature. If, if you're in Cape Town and you uh, need evangelistic literature during this Christmas season, contact Literature for Africa. Um, get some Bibles, New Testaments, Gospel booklets, things that you can give to people, family, friends, strangers even. Maybe you want to be distributing some in some uh, people's post boxes and uh, to help in evangelistic uh, seed sowing. Uh, have some literature in your purse or wallet or pocket or um, cubbyhole in a vehicle so that we can be distributing literature wherever we go, whether it is at the petrol station, whether it's at the shops, uh, wherever we may be going, that we are sowing good seed, we're witnessing to Christ. And 
Uh, don't waste your life on empty boxes of this world. Don't settle for less than God's very best. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Dr. Hammond, what resources can you suggest for listeners who want to learn more about the Christmas holiday? Well, if you come onto our www.christianaction.org.za website, you'll find a range of materials, including... You can look under under articles under Christmas. There's a whole lot of Christmas uh, materials. Um, you'll also find on the www.frontlinemissionsa.org website videos, audios, PowerPoints, a whole range of things, including a range of free tracks. We've got well over 70 different free evangelistic tracks, including uh, links to other languages. We've got an Afrikaans and French and German and Russian and uh, uh, electronic tracks that you can share with people electronically too uh, or attach uh, that you can print out and give to enable uh, send electronically links to these to people overseas. There's a lot of great things that may inspire people, like the greatest man who uh, ever lived. Uh, we've got that in English and Afrikaans, uh, both an electronic form and hard copy. And if you uh, come to Literature for Africa, you'll be able to get uh, Bibles and books that you can give free to people, Sunday school materials, children's books and Bibles. There's a lot of uh, great evangelistic materials. And Christmas is a wonderful time for for uh, taking gifts to strangers, whether you're talking about your neighbors, whether you're talking about a hospital or a visiting local police station or just going around your neighborhood and uh, spreading some Christmas cheer. And if it goes along with baked uh, goods that your family's prepared, well, uh, all the better. But we can help with the evangelistic literature and resources. So go on to the websites. You'll find on the Frontline Mission SA.org website a lot of great resources, uh, videos, audios, PowerPoints, including on Christmas, uh, evangelistic tracts, including The Greatest Man Who Ever Lived. And uh, we've got an upcoming Biblical Worldview Summit for anyone who wants to learn about uh, the worldviews that dominate the world and how to apply the Lordship of Christ to all areas of life. And it's body, mind, spirit. It's very practical. It's lots of fun. And, uh, uh, for example, in my family for years and years, uh, all of my children have attended all of them and uh, way into adults have never wanted to miss it. It just highlighted their life. We know people have come year after year because um, the program's always different and there's always so much to learn and it's, it's just great fellowship as well. So there are some great resources. I would also suggest uh, good films to see at uh, this time of the year. There's on the Christmas truce, Joyx Noel, absolutely tremendous, film made in 2005 uh, on the Christmas truce in the trenches uh, in the war, in the First World War, how all sides stopped fighting and came out and sang hymns and prayed together and swapped ration packs and celebrated with people who'd been fighting just a few hours before. And who else could do this but the, the King of Kings and the Prince of Peace? That for Jesus' birthday, even the worst war in history stopped. And uh, that's something we'll look at uh, next week as well. But uh, there's a film out that you can get hold of. And if you go onto the FrontlineMissionSA.org website, you'll find all kinds of links to inspiring videos and audios and presentations on this that you can share with others too. Uh, I would also recommend you get hold of Christian Liberty Books. And if you are able to visit the bookshop in Rondebosch, you will find a lot of great resources, audio, video, books, and uh, uh, materials that will help us make this a great Christmas. So uh, there are great materials out there, and I think this time of the year is also a time of the year I like to play Handel's Messiah and uh, to see films like Ben-Hur and uh, Joex Noel. And then there's also The Nativity Story, a well worthwhile seeing uh, a film to see, uh, The Nativity Story. So highly recommend those as some resources uh, that you can use to really uh, put Christ back into Xmas. Dr. Hammond, would you kindly pray for our listeners? 
Yes, it's so important. We need to be praying a lot for people this time of the year. Remember, for many people, it's the time people are lonely. Many people, well, others are not lonely and are surrounded by friends and family. But many people are remembering loved ones they've lost. And uh, I remember for my mother, it was particularly uh, poignant because my father died on Christmas Eve in 1986. And uh, for many people, it's a remembrance. Uh, I remember an aunt who went into deep mourning every time we got close to Christmas because she had lost her husband. Um, at about that time too. And uh, so uh, let's remember there's a lot of people around us who are hurting, who are lonely, that we can invite around, that we can add to our dining room table or that we can visit or um, uh, take some to or at least pray for. So let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for all that it means. We thank you that you are the reason for the season. We thank you, Lord God, for your birth, for your incarnation. We thank you, Lord God, that you so loved us that even when we were your enemies, you came here. You came and you became one of us to speak to us in the language we could understand and to show us the example of how we should live and to teach us the way to repent of our sins and turn to you. We thank you, Lord God, for your sacrificial death on the cross of Calvary, for your blood which sets us free. And we pray, Lord God, that you may make our hearts uh, like uh, that we would be a Bethlehem and a nativity for you, that uh, just as you were born in and through Mary and into Bethlehem, that you could be born again into our lives. Lord, that we would experience the new birth. We need you. We love you. We pray, Lord God, that you'd be merciful to grant the gift of faith and repentance. May many of our listeners reach out to you at this time. We pray, Lord God, that you'd be merciful and gracious to help us to witness to you throughout this time and to have the privilege to challenge people and to help lead people uh, to make peace with you at this time as if even enemies in war could stop their fighting and come out the trenches and worship you in honor of your birthday. We pray, Lord God, that you will inspire many of us to make peace with friends, with family, with relatives, with enemies even, with those that we've been estranged from at this time. May this be a time of reconciliation and of restoration and of your redemption and mercy. Lord God, we pray, help us not to miss out on the greatest opportunity of all time. We thank you, Lord God, uh, for your grace and mercy, for your gospel. We pray, Lord God, that you'd help us to be faithful witnesses to you at this time. Make us more faithful to your word. Make us more effective in your service. Make us brave and bold for you. Help us to give you the gifts of our attention and our obedience and our sacrifice of praise. Help us, Lord God, uh, to honor and glorify you in this coming year. We pray this all in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Hammond, for your beautiful message and for putting the Christmas baubles in the shops into perspective and reminding us uh, of the one who gave us the greatest gift. Please join us next week at the same time, 104 FM on Radio Tigerberg, for the next program of Salt and Light. God bless and good night.